Shannon Waller here, and welcome to this episode of the Team Success Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about something that all of us do all of the time, and most of us avoid it or don't like them, and that is meetings. So I want to talk about how to have a meeting makeover, because we've discovered something at Coach that is working really, really well, and I wanted to share that with you. So let's just talk about meetings in general right now. There are lots of different types of meetings. There are creative meetings, there are reporting meetings, there's problem-solving meetings, there's process meetings. To run a business, there are lots of different types of conversations with lots of people in the room that happen. And some of those are fun, and most of them aren't. And I really do not like having unproductive or uncreative meetings. It's a waste of my time, and it can be a real waste of other people's time too. So I want to share the formula or the process or the methodology that we've hit on. And what it really taps into, and this is why I think it's really important for team success, is it taps into the strengths and the talents and the mental energy of the team that you have. And we've learned that not everyone should be in every part of the meeting. So this means, guess what? You may not have to be in the parts that you don't like. How great is that? But it's actually knowing when to place yourself, when not to, when to bring in other people, when to get help. And it may look more fluid. And yes, there may be more people involved than you're used to. But I have to tell you, it works. And that's why I'm really excited to share it with you. So one of the challenges that most people have with meetings is that you get a lot of people in the room, people who might have an interest, obviously the stakeholders, people who need to know or even want to know. And they all sit around. And often what happens is there are one or two, maybe three people doing most of the talking. Other people are listening. I know, since I often am one of the talkers, that I'm always wondering what the people who aren't talking are thinking. So I'm always kind of concerned, like, how come they're not contributing? What's going on in their heads? And it feels kind of dissatisfying. Also, I know that from team members I work with, there are some meetings they love being in and some that they don't. So having a great conversation with my brilliant support partner, Nicole, and she keeps telling me how much she hates brainstorming meetings, which I'm like, why? I love them. They're the most fun kind. What are you talking about? She goes, no. What will happen, and again, her mental energy as per Colby is much more what's called fact finder and follow through. So she's brilliant at taking a piece of information or something to get done and following the path. I, of course, have none of that mental energy. I'm the one who makes stuff up. She's the one who makes it real. And she said, well, ideas will pop up and I'll be working on it, trying to figure out, oh, how can I get it executed? And then that idea will get bypassed or get changed or evolved or get squashed. And then all that mental energy I spent is for nothing. And so by the end of the brainstorming meeting, when hopefully there's something to decide on, I'm done. I'm exhausted. My mental energy has been used up. So that's not a good use of people's time. And again, from the same point, do not put me in a process meeting bad things happen. I'll disrupt it. I'll come up with new innovations. No one wanted any. You know, they didn't need any. They just had to figure out how to get a more efficient process. So I'm good at coming up with alternatives and then I should leave. That's what I've discovered. So what I'm talking about here is really getting clear on what is your best value? What is your best contribution to a meeting? And coming in very, very intentional to do that. And that may be the whole meeting or it may be the part of the meeting. So I want to lay out kind of the formula or the process that we figured out for, I'm going to call them creative meetings or decision-making meetings where certain things need to happen. We're going to work through something. Often we're going to create something. It could be an example I'm going to talk about is a book, but it could be a process. It could be something else. So what we've learned is that it's very, very useful to have the project managers or the people who are going to make sure that the scheduling happens, things get executed, things get put in the calendar, that they come in and actually help to set up the meeting. 
So we always, always, always start the meeting with a positive focus. And the positive focus, if you remember, if you've heard me talk about it before, is simply where you reflect on progress or something that you're excited about. So in a meeting this morning, before I was talking about the podcast, we sat down with our team and said, okay, what's your positive focus? And that's really, really fun. So people share what they were excited about. And when it's a project, you share the progress for the project. So one example I want to share with you is putting together our next Unique Ability book. So last September, we came out with Unique Ability 2.0 Discovery, which is this brilliant process for really getting your hands on or handle around what your unique contribution is. So it's those things that you're passionate about and really good at. It's that thing that you do that has you be a hero to other people. So it creates incredible value. And there's a multiplier result. When you do it, it has a bigger impact than just between you or even just the other person. So it really kind of ripples out and has that bigger impact. So we have this great book on how to figure out your own unique ability. But once you've done that, the next most important thing to do is unique ability teamwork. And that's the next book that we're working on. So there are three of us that are putting this together. So it's Julia Waller, Catherine Nomura, and me. We're kind of the creative team, but we need help getting organized. (laughs) So what would happen is Nicole and our production manager, Christine, would come in and say, okay, guys, let's do our positive focus. And then here's the progress we've made in the project so far. Here's what needs to happen in this meeting, because we'll figure that out together. Then Nicole and Christine will leave. They don't need to be there for the whole whatever part of the book that we're creating next. And then after we've done our creative work, and sometimes it's half an hour, sometimes it's an hour and a half, it doesn't really matter the length of time, towards the end, they will come back in. Again, this is already on the calendar. And they'll come back in the last 10 to 15 minutes and say, okay, how far did you get? What needs to happen next? How is this going? Do we need to bring in any other team members? We really bookend the meeting. So we're not left to our own devices. Julia is very organized. Catherine and I are more free-flowing. So it's really powerful to have these two people who are just brilliant at making sure things get done, not just made up, but actually get done, to help us keep structured. They really enjoy their role. I know that being in the guts in the middle is not really where they want to be. They want to help. Once our part's done, they want to make sure it turns into something beautiful. And then we don't have to do that part, which for me would be going into an area that's not my strength, that's not my capability. So I really love bookending meetings with other talent. It also works in the reverse. So for example, I remember a really great friend and client talking to me about a four-hour meeting that he was involved in. And I know him really, really well. And his mental energy for fact-finding and follow-through is pretty much the same as mine, which is he's good for about five minutes. He's really fabulous at coming up with innovations and new ways of doing things. But this was a process meeting. They were figuring out how to get a process be more efficient. And they had four hours to do it in. He told me he was in the entire four-hour meeting. And towards the end, he kind of lost it. I was like, oh my gosh, what in the Lord's name are you doing in a four-hour meeting? (laughs) I know his attention span. That was a really, really bad idea. If you're like this, I hope you can relate. So I talked to him and I said, you know what? Here's what I've learned about us, because he and I both strive very similarly. I said, we're really good at the beginning, often set context or set the vision. We often provide the ideas that other people execute on. Maybe set inspiration, maybe ask questions, and then leave. Come back in the middle, often where things get a little bit bogged down, people can get lost in the weeds and be the person who can eliminate the log jams and come up with alternative solutions. But again, after 10 or 15 minutes, leave. (laughs) Just come in in the middle and then come in at the very end so that they can share their success and you can celebrate in terms of the final result. 
So I know that for him and for me and for other people, when we're involved in those process things, for us to be involved in every painful little micro step is a very, very bad idea. Other people are far better at that. And I frankly will just be disruptive, which is not my commitment. I want to be contributing, not disrupting. But it's knowing where you belong. It's really being honest with yourself about your contribution and what you can do. And then one other example, and I want to share a client example now, is that one of our clients figured out, and this is a financial service client, and this is what they do. And they actually did this with clients. They start off the meeting, had the client meeting, there was already an agenda prepared, which was done in assistance with the team to figure out what the key things were. And they started with a positive focus. And then a key person who came in for the last 15 minutes of the meeting to track the action items on both the company's part and the client's. And they did it together. They put it in the calendar. They had a computer with a larger screen that they all could see in the meeting room. So it was linked to the TV screen. And then the clients left with a printed out handout of the actions. And they said, this is the best meeting we've ever had. It gave them an enormous amount of confidence. They didn't have to wait for anything. They had an immediate deliverable. And the team didn't have to go back and do hours worth of work because it got handled very quickly and very efficiently and on the calendar in the last 15 minutes of the meeting. So it just works when we actually kind of do what we're best at and then bring in other people, again, I like the term bookending, to really make sure that we we don't lose the momentum, that we stay in our own best contribution mode and not get into parts of mental energy for which we have done, which makes us exhausted and grumpy. And we tend to procrastinate on things that we don't have a lot of mental energy for. So if you just think about it, if you can arrange your meetings, however they are, be it process meetings or creative meetings or client meetings, so that you are protected and you stay in your zone, and then you bring in other people who love to do all the things that you don't. It's a constant delight to me. And I keep getting thrilled by this awareness. And I keep getting reminded that other people love to do the things I don't and vice versa. And when you actually arrange and orchestrate it in such a way that they're doing what they're best at in a meeting, you're doing what you're best at, and then you get supported on the other end as well, kind of magic happens. Then meetings become not something to dread, not something to avoid, not something that people go over the water cooler in the hallway afterwards and they bicker to each other about how bad the meeting was. It's just gone because no one's unhappy because everyone's doing their best work. And that to me is really how to maximize productivity and profitability, my other favorite term. So just to go over the formula, just to make sure that everyone's clear is always, always start with a positive focus. Make sure you have the right people in the meeting. And I love the fact that Nicole voiced her thing. It's like, you know, I really don't want to be in brainstorming meetings. <laughs> I can help you at the beginning. I can help you in the end, but they're just painful for me. And I was like, really? Because I kind of love her and I want her with me all the time. She said, really? <laughs> so I was like, okay. I will let you go. And then she's happier. I'm happy. I don't need her. I just wanted her. But it's fabulous. We have such a safe environment that she was confident saying that. And then we both get to be our best selves. So positive focus, set the intention for the meeting with whoever's going to help direct the activities. Then if it's creativity or decision making, whatever has to happen in the guts of the meeting, make sure you only have the right people there, not everybody, but just the people who are going to actually impact what's going on. And then have another person or people come in for the last 10 or 15 minutes to summarize the actions to make sure you collect all of that great wisdom that everyone has and then to put it into motion. And I think what you'll find is that your creativity will expand, things will happen faster, they'll get delivered 
And you will not have what happened in the first few years of coach. So in the first few years of coach, there were a whole bunch of us that were just the make it up people and no one to kind of execute or make it real. And we would, every two weeks, have planning meetings about the future of the company. And every two weeks, we'd come back and say, what did we talk about last time? And we wouldn't remember, and we'd make up the whole meeting over again. Seriously. It's kind of amazing we got this far sometimes. <laughs> Thank goodness that we finally brought in other people with complementary talents. And again, similar situation. The person who had the longest what's called follow-through and Colby kind of, you know, we'd be brainstorming 50 ideas and she's still trying to make number two happen. And finally, she started coming in at the end of the meetings. So we've worked this out over a long period of time. And my goal is that you experience much greater productivity, that you really get a ton more momentum in terms of what your projects are. And that again, it always leads to greater team success. So I hope this conversation's been useful. We've had a lot of fun discovering this process. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear them at questionsatstrategiccoach.com. Thanks for listening. And as always, here's to your team success. Hi, Shannon here. And thank you very much for listening. If you like what you heard today, please take a moment to rate the Team Success Podcast on iTunes. And we'd love it if you'd share the podcast with anyone else who could benefit. If you're interested in learning more about the Strategic Coach Program for Entrepreneurs, visit us at strategiccoach.com or the Strategic Coach channel on YouTube. For free downloads and more team success strategies, visit teamsuccesshandbook.com. Mm-hmm.